When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Neighbors Active Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Fuck. Not because the Red Sox, I mean, we're, we just fucking. <laughs> I, Kerry Carpenter, I, I mean, it is crazy that, that total bases don't count. I mean, that walks don't count as total bases. I need I need Kerry Carpenter. Right? He just worked a 12-pitch walk. Like, that's a total base. Like, give me the base. That counts towards me. It's crazy. Anyways, uh, the Red Sox lost a series to Tampa Bay Rays. This is a uh, <laughs> – did I tie you yet? Is that that's a correct series prediction for me? I said one out of three. Did you? We did t- you go we one out of three? We both took one out of three, Fuck. both of us. I I'm can't sorry. catch a win to save my goddamn life right now, Tyler. This is uh, listen, crazy. hey, hey, it's okay. We're going to no, sit. Fine. We're going to hey, breathe. Hey, positive it's just vibes. money. Woo! Oh, no, 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 yeah! no, 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 no. We're not yeah, doing why? positivity horn. Why? W- what are we doing it for? We need a reason to do it. Uh, they won a game. Woo! Oh, they, Woo! They, they, they hadn't won a game in the Trump all year, right? The, all the way April 22nd of last year was the last time they won a game yeah! at the Trump. Yeah, they got Go one. Nuts. You know they did it. They went, What were they? They were over their last 13? Correct. Whoa! They got a win out of the drop. You know, they almost won a couple. If they didn't strike out 17 fucking times tonight, that's basically a sweep. Am I right? True. If they, had, if they didn't strike out 17 times tonight, and if Kelly Jansen didn't give up that walk-off home well, run. How about someone catches a, a baseball? I mean, that's that's almost like uh, if, if you know, would, would they have been back in the uh, wild card picture if they had swept the series? I think if you just yeah! take two I think they would have been. <laughs> they would have been right back in this shit if they swept this series. And listen, I'm, you know, I, I tweeted it uh, last night. 
I tweeted last night. I was like, I feel stupid. I feel stupid because I did. I I I looked at the Blue Jays score last night when the Red you Sox had, had the lead. Yeah, you have a lead. Kenley Jansen on the mound. I'm like, all right, let me take a peek. Like, what, what are the Blue Jays up to right now? Crack. Gone. Game over. Which eventually became series over. I thought I was going to look stupid. I thought I was going to come on here after saying Red Sox are going to take one out of three. They win the first game, which I don't think that I expected them to win the first game. I can't remember. I uh, can't remember which game I picked them to win. I was trying to remember this earlier today. I think we both took the, the game? Bayo game. I think we were worried about today because we thought it was going to be Paxton before he got pushed back. Yeah. So he's pitching what? Uh, Tuesday against the Yankees. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's getting the yeah, full yeah, 10 days. Yeah, the yeah. full, hey, stay the fuck away. Go figure it out. You need to work on your mechanics. You just need to get fresh again. And then hopefully he comes back and he's worth something. Did you see that Sean McAdam report? Which one? Corey Kluber! Oh, he's don't coming even. Back. Don't even. Don't. He's coming back. Corey, Corey. Kluber. <laughs> I've oh, never, yeah, baby. I've never Let's seen a guy. Red what? Pie. Dude, what? What? I've never seen a guy in my entire life where the team's like, he's good. You know, he's done for the year. We're, we don't, we're fine. It's done. We're going to shut him down. Let him go do his thing. And he's like, no, I'm pitching for this fucking team. I'm coming back on the mound. I don't give a fuck if you want me here or not. You're throwing me in the bullpen. I'm going to make one rehab start on what Friday or whatever it is. And then I'm being back on this team to finish the year. I don't get it. Yeah, because at this point, you're just like, who is he taking innings away from? Uh, Joe Jakes, eh, you know, the guy they throw he's, in. You think he's going to come back to pitch out of the bullpen? Oh, yeah, that's what they said. Oh, he is pitching out of the bullpen. Only in a relief role. OK, all right, then that's fine. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm all right. If we're being honest, we're assuming it's because yeah. he's going to retire at the end of the year. He's probably hoping to make one more appearance. If I were him, Who cares? I wouldn't. Well, he doesn't but... want his last appearance to be that that <laughs> Cleveland outing where he gave up 19 hits in two innings. I think so. I think that's all the guy's asking for. Uh, all I'm asking for is for the Yankees and Tigers to end up tied so that uh, uh, we can get one more at bat to hit that parlay. The Best Thursday of the year is coming up, and it's all about NFL opening night. Football is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, is hooking up new customers with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your bets in a $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with the same uh, with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game. Uh, this September, check the app to see what you get. Don't wait till kickoff. To get in on the hype, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers get it, can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. That is promo code Jared, only in the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Um, so, Jake, do we have uh, Red Sox lottery on this one? 
not sponsored, but we can do it. All right, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Um, the Tristan Casas home run, by the way. Mm. Feel like that was. Uh, I don't know if we can find that. Is that is that that's got to be on Twitter somewhere? I was in the car for that. I heard it live. You got to hear Fleming call that. Mm-hmm. Let me yep. see. I, a couple people did tweet me during it, and they were like, "Oh, this needs to be up there for the call." So yeah, if they actually, I know, I know, Tyler, you don't go outside and you never go to Fenway, but would you be down? Would you be down to go to Fenway at some point before the season's over so that we can interview Will Fleming for the podcast? Would you want yes. to do that? You would do that. A hundred percent. I've been to Fenway two times now. I'll be two honest. Times. Two times in like a month. That's mm-hmm. pretty good for Tyler. Secondly, mm-hmm. no one wants me there. Everyone is terrified well, of me I mean, being at you Fenway have, Park. You've already effectively ended the season. Like you can't really do any more damage than you have. Watch. You think it can't get worse? I'll find a way. I promise you. It only gets darker from here. So then maybe we make you leave before the game starts. That's probably a better way. So they don't yeah. have it on their page. But I don't want a guy to like explode on the field or something. You know, like yeah. I'm just sitting there and boom. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that that's what the fans want. Will Fleming, a star. In the Boston uh, media scene, it's it's what the people want. It's what's best for business to have Will Fleming on the podcast. And I, I, I wanted this before. But again, like Tyler doesn't ever leave his house. So I think we're going to have to. What, dude? I'm not not letting you do this. The last time Jared has not asked me to do anything on the record. On the record here. Yeah. I'm going to reveal this. I'm about to put you on blast, Jared. Okay. Jared has not asked me to do anything since May 11th, a.k.a. the birth date of Tyler Milliken. We had an interview planned. I was scheduled to be there. That was the last time Jared asked me to do anything. Well, I mean, if I I can only be rejected so many times, Tyler. You, you we we I, were rejected. You, what? We got rejected that day. We did, yeah. But then there were other times I asked you to go to games, and you were like, "Nope, I'd rather die." And I was like, "That's a little extreme." You could have just said no. I was in New Hampshire for one of the games. The core. Are you games in New Hampshire right now because your internet is fucking horrible. I don't know why my internet's been tweaking lately. I don't know, dude. Are you paying your internet bills? Uh, my mom is. Uh, okay. I, I can ask my mom what's going on. Yeah. Ask your mom what's going on. Mom. <laughs> I really hope she doesn't come in here. I hope she does. I'd love to interview her. No, because if you make fun of my internet, then she's going to feel bad. You want to make my mom cry? No. No, I don't want to do that. And it doesn't matter. I can't see you anyway. I you literally can't see you right now. Jake, you can't see me either? No, you're gone right now. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, there you go. You're back. Back like I never left. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> the series started off super positive. Did you feel the same way? Like, I- I'll say this, and I tweeted it. I said, if the Red Sox had won that second game, the gold bottles tweet was going to be in all caps. And I haven't done that in a long time. I would have thought it was a bold move on your part, considering, you know, you did really put them to bed. Not only the, you know, here's the death certificate. Like, it was, all right. This is it. Yeah, the We're body's in depression in mode. Yeah, yeah like we've like, already done the autopsy. Like we know the cause of death. All that. All we said it. our goodbyes. We've had the wake. We've had the funeral. Bodies in the ground. Yeah. But that's kind of what this Red Sox team was, right? Where you feel like the first game, it's everything that's been good about 2023. Brian Bayo and Tristan Casa show. Those are the two guys that go out there and do it for you. The second game, what completely kills you? Unfortunately, bad defense. 
you can't come through with the bases loaded when you really needed to in what? What was it? The sixth inning? Yeah. The Rays let you back into that game a million times and then That's the you're thing killing is, your bullpen. So to to anyone that would say you shouldn't have done all caps even if they did get that win, there's a lot of validity to that because the Rays basically handed you that game. They just kept fucking up at every turn. The Red Sox, to their credit, took advantage. They took advantage. But the Rays were playing some Red Sox defense in that middle game. Got you back in it. Uh, JT had a couple knocks. Um, You had the Valdez homer. uh, And then who? what was the what was the go ahead hit? Was that Casas? Uh, Luis Arias and extra innings. Okay, Casas tied it. Yes. Arias had to uh, go ahead. But yeah. Yeah, it was the. They were on, both like Casas and Arias are both like dinky, like should have been caught balls. Yeah, Casas was the blooper yeah. down the left field line. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I said, and I'm sticking to it because I'm not going to I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to cry about the loss. I said the right because Adam Duvall had that uh, throughout the runner. uh going from third to home. Then you had Yoshida made the sliding grab and double off the runner at second base. It was fun. I had a fun time. You know, when you're, when you're uh, mentally accepting that the postseason is not in the cards. Cause I know, like I said, Steve, Steve is still fucking tweeting about the playoffs. And I even saw <laughs> someone, someone tonight was like, you know what? Fuck the haters, man. Like the playoffs are still on the table. No, they're not. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, the second that you just let it go, accept it, then you can watch these games without any stress. It's fine. Like like losing that game on uh, what's today? Wednesday, losing the game on Tuesday. I was like, yeah, you know, that sucks. But it was a fun. It was a fun game. Shitty ending. You know, you you want to be in a position in extra innings, having a one run lead with Kenley Jansen on the mound and a chance to win. That's exactly where you want to be. He just. Gave up a bomb. Game over. See you later. Like that's it. Under normal circumstances, that would hurt a lot. But when you've accepted your fate, which is uh, that the Red Sox are not going to go to the playoffs this year, then it doesn't hurt as bad. It's just like, ah, fuck. It, you know? it was just a little bit of extra sting because you're going into that day and you're four and a half out. You somehow pull off that game with the losses, you know, amongst other teams on the schedule that night. Then, like you said, you can really kind of squint and say, all right, your playoff odds would have been over 10% at that point. Maybe you can talk yourself into it a little. They would no, have been over 10% if they won? They were like 8.8 going into Tuesday. So you throw another win in there, that probably throws them right in that ballpark. So the double digits kind of, do it for you? Not for me personally, but if you're talking about looking and squinting at it, it was like at its best a week ago when people still had hope or right before the Astro series. Yeah. It was between 10 and 15%, depending on, you know, whether they won a couple or lost a couple. Well, what was it? The the Texas Rangers, Jake? Was it when we were talking about baseball is dead today? Was the Texas Rangers went from like 95 to like 45 in like three days? Something like yeah, that. happened real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you, you look at percentage points and like they can go up pretty quick. And, and it's part baseball. of the schedule. Right. It's looking ahead and knowing you got games against the Blue Jays. You got games against the Rangers. Like, so if you can keep yourself right in that range, that three and a half, four and a half range, a series can change your season. Like you go in and you show up and you have one of those crazy 2023 Red Sox series. We've seen at times where they show up and for some reason they can just do it all for three straight games. Boom. Now we're talking about a wild September. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. Well, you kind of fell back. Now you lose two in a row and you got Baltimore coming up. That's not going to be easy whatsoever on you. Just not a great spot to be in. 
it's not a great spot to be in. But it, I don't know. But it I, is what it is. Like you shouldn't be shocked. I don't want you shouldn't the, be upset. The, the, I don't want the negativity mafia coming for me again by saying like it's it's over. Like I I'm not gonna. It's it's why like I knew it was over when I was listening to that pregame show. The dude that was hosting it trying to act like they had a chance, and I I was laughing. Like that's that's when you know that it's over. I'm not being negative. I want more than anything for the Red Sox to be in the playoff picture, but they're just not. And and I, like the fucking Steves of the world and the pregame guy of the world, it's like, man, I I would hate to be in a state of denial where you think that there's still a chance. Right now, I'm in a. It's not like I'm miserable watching these games. Like I'm. I'm enjoying watching Tristan Casas. Like I, I still get ex- if Tristan Casas hits a home run or he has a game tying RBI knock or go ahead knock whatever. Like that's I'm happy about that, and and I think Alex Cora kind of feels the same way where he talked about after uh, winning that game uh, on Monday, where he he pointed out the kids. He's like, yeah, the kids are playing hard. Like he's impressed by it. Rafaela, Casas, Bayo. They're playing for not just uh, they're playing for all the right reasons right now. They they their spots in the big leagues, as far as they know, are not promised. They're playing to impress the manager. They're playing to impress the fans to introduce themselves. Uh, they're playing to impress Heim Bloom. That's like that's exciting to me. Like when you have something to play for versus guys that are just playing out the string. It's like eh, you know, another lost year, whatever. But the kids, especially Rafaela, like. He should be if Rafael is not in the lineup every fucking game this weekend. What are we doing? He's got to be in the lineup the, every day. That's the biggest question I think everyone's having. And he goes three for six yesterday, right? Like you see him go three for six. Obviously, the double tonight as well. He's just a spark plug, and they're going to be ups and downs. Yeah, we've already seen some of the chase stuff when he's at the plate where he gets a little out of control. But he has a knack for putting the bat on the ball. I'm watching, you know, Wilger Abreu. We're back to yes. Wilger, by the way, the update. So shout out to Will Fleming. Will Fleming God, it's been put us on the map. And how does this happen? How do we get this far? And who else did this happen to? Uh, uh, Franklin Herman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how do we get like weeks into a player's tenure before we figure out how to correctly pronounce the name? So if people go back to the episode we recorded a year ago when we talked about this trade, I called them Will Abreu and people were like, dude, stop doing that. Like, I, I don't hear anybody calling him. That's all I heard when I went and listened to the Astros broadcast because I wanted to know the pronunciation. Uh, then spring training came and they still called them Will Abreu this year. And I was like, all right, clearly I'm a fucking idiot or whoever I listened to for those games wasn't doing it the right true. way. Both can be true. That's what it is. It's like the yeah. Franklin Herman thing where, you know, they went through three, four different name changes and it just took him coming to the big leagues and someone asking him straight up, like, what do you prefer? You know yeah. what I mean? Like what works for you? And that's what it is. But yeah, like you talked about Sedan, Rafaela, Emmanuel Valdez had a nice little series. Obviously, the defense is what the defense is. It's, it's horrible. But I think the thing about Valdez is, uh, I mean, everyone kind of saw like that clip of him in the dugout. And he's like, you know, after I think it's after he hit the home run. I forget whose ear he was in. Was it was it Rafael? Or Abreu? There was a shot of Valdez in the dugout after he hit a home run. He was like covering his lips and he was talking in someone's ear like this. And it's like these games, for the most part, don't matter anymore. But to them, they do. And he's he's in there like for a, a, a rookie to be in the dugout 
you know, a lot of these guys played all year together in Worcester. Like they they have a bond. Like it's not like they're with it's like, oh, I got called up to the big leagues and it's very lonely and I, I don't know anyone up here. Like a lot of these guys that are making a difference in the lineup right now, they've played together in Worcester. So like they're they're they have that camaraderie. And Valdez was in someone's ear, like giving him tips on like, hey, like, you know, like if if just different advice, I guess, yeah. on on how to uh, hit the pitcher that was out there. But I was impressed by that. Uh, the defense, I, I think to me, when I see a guy like that, that is invested enough to help his teammates and isn't just about himself, that's a player that wants to win. That's a player that isn't necessarily looking at the standing saying we're out of it. It's like, you know, every game counts. We're in the big leagues, you know, whatever. So I, all that to say, I think he knows his defense sucks and he's probably going to make an effort to get better at it. Whether or not that works, I don't know. I have no idea, but like he he definitely doesn't seem like the type of player that's like, man, I can hit. So, I mean, like that's going to keep me in the big leagues. I don't give a fuck about defense anyway. Like, you know, defense is fine, whatever. I think he w- at least has the passion to be better and the 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 drive to be better. So we'll see. Look yeah, at Duran. Like, true. That's another part of it now. Carl's Fabulous, if that's my infield instructor, how much confidence do I really have? Fair question to throw out there. But I think you can kind of say this about the entire team. It's not just the young guys that care. And you can talk about those moments. Like it was cool to see Bayo and Raffaella just chopping it up in the dugout. Like I saw that. And that was something to me. It reminds me of when Devers was sitting with Bayo a year ago mm-hmm. at the same time where, you know, you're kind of out of the race and you're just watching two main pieces that are going to be here for a long time. Hey man, like let's just talk ball. We're sitting here. What do you see? What do I see? And we kind of go from there. But Bayo, how just fired up he was after getting out of that sixth inning after the leadoff double he gave. Uh, John Schreiber, what he did pitching those back-to-back innings. You saw how fired up that guy was. He yeah. was screaming, going nuts. Like say After what you will. Yeah. Like say what you will about this team and where they're at. They play hard. And I think that's the testament to Alex Cora and mm-hmm. everything he has going on here. And Will Fleming had a great tweet about it today saying like, they're still out there. They're doing their infield drills every damn day. The defense is bad. There's no discussing it at this point. But it seems like Cora has a connection to these younger guys. And I think for people who worry, like, is Cora still in, like, into this team? Is he into the organization? Does he see any worth? It means something that he's, like, has this connection with the younger core coming up. And hopefully that's one of the reasons he has hope in this organization and that they're going in the right direction. But back to your original thing about Rafaela. Yeah, if he's up in the big leagues, there's no reason why he shouldn't be playing every day. You know, we bitched about this last episode, but you're seeing it and. Will Jurabrayu, right? Out in center field. Mm -hmm. You're pushing it. He can go out there and I think he can play in spades. I don't see him as an everyday center fielder. I've never seen him as that. No one's ever viewed him as that. He's a corner outfielder and he's very solid in the corners. If you're going to play a guy in center field, let Rafaela go out there and do his thing. Let him put on display his biggest tool. Put him in the best position to succeed. And that's not me telling you he can't play short. He got his first taste at second base since like a ball since 2021 tonight. Cool. You can put him in other spots. We should have seen some time for Sedan Raffaella in center field at this point. Yeah. And that's just Especially what I'm hoping. Especially with Jaron Duran done for the year. Let the kid cook. Like it Duran's done long. for the year, and the Red Sox are done for the year. Like, why is Rafaela not in center field for every single game? He has two big league starts. Like it, it should be more than that at this point. And I think part of them, maybe he's changing their outlook on it. And they were like, Oh, well, when Pablo Reyes comes back, we're just gonna flip him back down to the minor leagues and you know, we'll let him have this nice taste and let him finish they the year down in AAA. Better not. 
he's playing his way out of it. What can you say? Like he's up there. He's hitting what? Like 500 right now. It's like eight for 15 or whatever. Like, what can you do to deny that? He's putting up good at bats. Let him play until he fails. And if he fails, then you have that conversation. But Pablo Reyes is still at least a week away. With a 1067 OPS to start his big league career. I swear to God, if he doesn't have a fucking uh, another day in the minor leagues, he should be done. That's it. I'm going to ask you a question. Go. Don't answer it yet. I want to know. Opening day 2024. What does that outfield look like? Opening day 2024. You're starting Boston Red Sox outfield. But before Tyler tells you that, Jake is going to tell us about Blue Moon. Playoffs are just around the corner, so it's time to help your team out by sticking to your lucky rituals, like the ritual of enjoying an ice-cold blue moon while the game is on. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition whether you're at the park or watching from home. Tyler's internet fucking sucks today, which makes me want to throw a blue moon right at his face. But I'm not going to do that because I'm a good friend and I'd rather enjoy that ice-cold blue moon for myself. Because with its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get some something one of a kind. It's bold flavor, bright color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one of a kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Brighten up your baseball traditions with Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com slash jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that, uh, as always. Tyler, I asked you a question. It's opening day, 2024. The Red Sox are looking to contend for a World Series title this year. They're just a playoff spot. Let's just let's just start small here. Let's get a how about a playoff spot? A juicy ass playoff spot. Maybe it's a wild card spot. Maybe it's the third one. I don't know. Just barely getting in. That's fine. All you got to do is get in. The outfield. How do you see it? What does it look like to you? I've gone back and forth on this a lot uh, because for a long time I thought Rafaela was going to be the trade piece. I'm not saying he won't be at this point, but. I don't know, considering the defensive struggles of this team and what they've gone through, wouldn't he be the ideal kind of poster child of, hey, we're changing our defense this year. We're going to be as good as we can. We're putting a guy who could win a gold glove this year in his full rookie season. But Jaron Duran's obviously in the picture. Do I think they view him as an everyday center fielder? Ideally, no. I think they think he could get by out there. So I think I'm going to go along the lines of Yoshida moves into more of a DH role very similar to J.D. Martinez, where, you know, maybe he's out there once a week or something like that, maybe twice a week, and they kind of mix and match. You have Duran in left field, probably Rafaela in center, and you've traded Verdugo for an impact corner outfielder. Or not, you know, straight on trade or anything like that, but you're replacing Verdugo with that kind of player that can be an impact piece. Who? um, Off the top of my head, let me pull up the free agent class here and let's look at names. Like if I'm not, I don't think it's going to be like Cody Bellinger or something like that. Right. 
mm-hmm. they're going to go make that kind of monster move. And Verdugo did a really solid interview with Bradfoe, what, two, three days ago, uh, maybe. And he was talking about, you know, the meeting with Heim Bloom and all these different things here. You know, were you guys talking contracts? Were you talking about your future? Like kind of what was going on here? And he put it in the sense that, you know, he's just checking in on my family. I still love Boston, yada, yada. I'm close to free agency at this point. Like, let's just see how it plays out. And that's kind of where I stand on everything. Yeah, just looking at outfielders, like Cody Bellinger is the big name. Teoscar Hernandez, like that's not a guy you're going to go put in right field at Fenway. No. Michael Conforto has an opt-out. So there, there is not a lot. Maybe it is something like Adam Duvall and you kind of invest in another spot and you hope for the best. Um, but it, it's tough. He has it, been poor. I mean, I, like the metrics will tell you that he's not been good defensively in center field this year. No. And if you put him in right field, you're kind of pushing in that direction once again. But I guess you kind of run the Coley argument from a couple episodes ago where, hey, he's going to he's an elite corner outfielder in a regular corner. Mm-hmm. He's going to play half his games in other ballparks. Can you get by with him in right field at Fenway? A guy who they prefer in center field over Jaron Duran, as we know. But it, I don't know. I think the outfield is going to look a lot different than people realize. And I think there's going to be some big trades that kind of reshape it. They need a long term piece out there, someone that they think really fits. and. It's a lot to put on someone like Raffaella and even Jaron Duran and saying these guys like Duran was very up and down this year. Can you confidently put him in a corner next year and say, that's a guy we're not even going to think about. We don't have to worry about. No, Raffaella first full big league season. That's a big question mark and say what you will. Even if you brought in Adam Duvall back for right field, you hope he stays healthy. You hope he can handle the workload. And as we know, it's hot and cold. He's either on fire and killing it or he's striking out four times like he did tonight. What does it look like for you? Um, I'm pretty confident Verdugo is not going to be here. I'm pretty confident Verdugo is not going to be here. Um, Have you heard anything, you know, beyond everything that played out just about where things have been between him and maybe the clubhouse or just the organization? Um, I don't know. All I'll say is I don't know what Himes intended. Well, that's the big thing. Going back to last episode, like a, we don't know what Himes intentions are. B, we don't know if Himes is going to be making the decision on that. Like, what if what if Himes gone in November and then they bring in someone that loves Alex Verdugo? We don't know. Uh, I don't know. I would I would say the odds are that he won't be here, but we can't definitively say that, so to speak. And that that last episode, I mean, it, it, uh, a lot of people paid attention to the conversation about Theo Epstein. Like that oh, was uh, we were that was all the rage. Yeah, that was all that was all the rage. I think like people were sending me screenshots of their TVs, like they were talking about BST. It on TV. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny, but um, that is a layered thing with Verdugo because. I think if Heim's still here, the chances are higher that Verdugo gets moved. But like, we don't know if he's not here. That if if whoever replaces him sees things differently, I don't know. But uh, we do know that Heim was trying to shop him at the deadline. They were trying to make that yeah. deal, and they couldn't find anyone. So I think like I think you can know. I think is it out there that like they had something with Houston? No. Oh. 
Oh, <laughs> continue. I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I heard that, that they have something with Houston. That would make sense because they are, you know, connected to Cody Bellinger and those things. Yeah. Um, but I think like the defensive conversation, I know we talk about dealing Verdugo like it's nothing. He's the best fielder on this team outside of Sedan Rafaela. Like yeah. Alex Verdugo is in gold glove consideration in right field this year. Mm-hmm. And you can frame it whatever way you want. The 111 OPS plus, it's his best mark since 2020 when he was, you know, 123 and finished is that good MVP voting. Is that good enough? How, what can you do to replace that? Like, what's what's the tier up from that? I guess I would say, like, or Cody Bellinger. Like, I like Cody Bellinger. Do I think they're going to give him money? No, I don't. I have a hard time envisioning that. I don't know. I don't know how they feel. And again, it's like, who's they? I don't know how they feel about Cody Bellinger. Who's they? You know, true. Like, just going down this list, though, like guys that you'd. I, there's one name here I would take over. Alex Verdugo and it's Bellinger. You're, are you taking T. Oscar Hernandez? No. no. Not Michael Conforto. Not Joey yeah. Gallo. Not Kiermaier. Not Jock. Not Jorge Soler. You know, in right field, right? Harrison mm-hmm. Bader. No. McCutcheon. No. Charlie Blackman. No. Michael Brantley's fucking an old man. Tommy mm-hmm. Pham. No. Mark Canna. No. Duvall. I like Adam Duvall, but like, you know, you're pushing it because you're basically making him play another. There's no sexy field. option. Like, you're going to no. have to go the trade route. If the, if you really want to do a, a a noticeable upgrade over Alex Verdugo, and but, when you do that trade route, what does that impact? Because you're going to be trading for an impact piece here, you chasing and maybe trying to trade for a pitcher along with signing one. Maybe it's a package deal, even bigger package, right? Like that's the line you're going to have to walk here. Hmm, maybe there's a outfielder starting pitcher package out there somewhere is there one you have uh a t- oh don't tell me the Luis robert thing is that what no, no no oh okay no, no. but i mean like that would be great <laughs> that would be the type of deal that you do sell the farm for right oh like, yeah of course robert Cease, i'm not putting all my eggs in that basket like i think that's a, the ultimate pipe dream but i think you absolutely if that deal's on the table it's like all right yeah sure what the fuck do you want for that <laughs> You're How old is Robert? Twenty six, twenty five. Yeah, you're talking about getting one of the young generational talents in baseball. Right? Yeah, like you, you got to jump this, on that. Like I, after last week or last episode, putting Theo Epstein in everyone's brain, I'm not going to sit here and get everyone excited about a fucking Luis Robert Dylan Cease package. Like that is the ultimate pipe dream. Like I at least give Theo like a three percent chance. Luis Robert Dylan Cease trade package. That is. Less than 1%. It's just hard when you start talking about guys who could actually handle right field at Fenway. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's you. It definitely requires an above average defender, but I'm not going to sit here and act like it's the most impossible thing. Yes, but you're also talking like Alex Verdugo has been your leadoff hitter a majority of the year. So like Mm -hmm. you're trying to kind of fit that puzzle in there as well. It's tough in, you know, say what you will about Alex Verdugo's bat, like a 111 OPS plus. He's no scrub out there. Like, no, you know, he hits a little bit above it, average. I, so put it this way. If Alex Verdugo is not here next year, it's not because he's a bad player. It's just because they feel like the puzzle piece doesn't fit. Like it's it's not like, oh, the player failed or uh, the production isn't quite there. I think it's inconsistency. I think it's, you know, does does the player fit? the mold of what we're trying to build here. And if the answer is no, then 
yes, you can trade him, and it's not like you're tr- you're selling low on him. It's just like we're trying to go in a different direction, and it's the impending free agency, right? Like he's got one year left, and that has value. One year of Alex Verdugo has value to other teams that are looking for for outfield help, uh, and the Red Sox might just make the determination, like okay, we've had the player in the organization for what, four or five years now. And we have a pretty good idea of what it would uh, take to sign the player long-term. And it's just outside of what we're looking to sign him for. Okay. It's not saying that he sucks. It's not saying that he's bad. It's just saying like, we want to move in a different direction. We we like our options elsewhere. So say they go about it the way of, we like Adam Duvall. He's older. You know, he's kind of losing some of the range. Obviously, Verdugo came and did his thing here, but we feel we need to move off of him. We go back to a trade target. We've talked about the last couple of years as a possibility. Tyler O'Neill, a guy who, you know, he's not lighting the world on fire. It's a 105 OPS plus this year. Uh, the power has been down. It's nine homers in 64 games. But a guy like Adam Duvall, like Hunter Renfro, swing built for Fenway Park, right? Someone who should absolutely eat with the monster right there. You know, only five stolen bases, but, you know, you projected over a year. It's somewhere between 10 and 15. You're getting some athleticism. We know what the glove is. Could it be something like, oh, we like that guy. We think we can get him back to what he was. And we kind of go from there. Like, it's not super sexy, but I feel like that's as sexy as you're probably going to get with these conversations. Yeah, it just it feels more like you're, you know, a step to the side than a step forward or anything like that. And he's a free agent in 2025. So you're kind of playing the Verdugo timeline in another way. It just gets you yeah. a little more right handed. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. I am I'm starving for star power on this team. I am. I, I just I need to I need to feel that excitement again. I need to feel that breaking news. The Red Sox have traded for Chris Sale. Feeling again. It's been a long time and no disrespect to Trevor Story. I like Trevor Story a lot. And I think already, what is he like fifth and outs above average amongst shortstops in the league? It's crazy. He's amongst the elite, like true dominant and shortstop. It's just. Yeah, I love Trevor Story. Uh, I think um, the defense has been sorely missed. The offense, we haven't really seen much of it yet, but like it's, it's already like a wash of a season for him. But. I think just in the time that he's been back, you you can see how important he is to the team from a defensive perspective. It is total opposite ends of the spectrum when you look at what the Red Sox trotted out there at shortstop for the first four months of the season and what Trevor Story's been able to do at shortstop. And to all the people that said, like, oh, he can't play shortstop anymore, you're wrong. Like, he can definitely play shortstop and he can do it at a very high level. Um, but all that is what I'm saying. Like, that signing didn't make me go like, oh, fuck, like the the old school Red Sox are back where they're just harvesting all these superstars like that's that's not the case. Um, and I would like and I'm not even saying like have this monster like like the 2008 offseason that the Yankees had when it's like AJ Burnett and CC Sabathia and Mark to share. I'm not saying go out and do that, but like you've got to at some point make a nuts on the table move for a superstar cornerstone franchise player. And like, I don't know how you feel about this, Tyler. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying that I don't love it, but 
Devers saying like, I'm just one of the guys. Like, no, you're not. Like, you got paid $300 million, dude. Like, you are a star. You may be the only star on this team. Um, you are in a different tier than the other players on this team. I don't, I don't believe in players that just because you get paid a lot of money that you're automatically a leader. Like, oh, like you have a responsibility. Like Devers is the captain now because he got paid long term and you got paid a lot of money. That doesn't make you the captain. That doesn't make you a leader. But when you say like, oh, I'm just one of the, I'm just one of the guys. I'm just another player on the team. Like, no, you're not. Like you are a cornerstone piece and that comes with certain responsibilities. But like, I, I just remember even just like the, the Adrian Gonzalez trade where it's like, yeah, like the Red Sox need a cornerstone middle of the order bat. And they went out and they pulled the trigger on a deal and they got Adrian Gonzalez. They coveted him. Like this is a dude that the on base percentage is through the roof. He can hit the ball to the opposite field. He hits doubles. He hits homers. He's a gold glove first baseman. And look at the overlay of Petco and Fenway. Like all these doubles to left, those are home runs at Fenway Park. This guy is going to be a monster. And everyone got excited about it. And then the Red Sox went out and fucking did it. And not only did they trade for the motherfucker, they extended him to like an 11-year deal before he played a game. I admit, like, where, where is that Red Sox team? Where is it? Like, it's the same ownership group. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. and, and it's not like a, it's not like a, uh, I'm not, it's, it's somewhat unfair to use that example, right? Because when Adrian Gonzalez, that trade happened and that extension happened, do you remember it, Tyler? I do. Young Tyler Milliken. Uh, I was standing. When that trade happened, like, I remember I was in college in 2010 and I still have it. I did, I, I was in a public speaking class. And I did a speech on why the Red Sox should trade for Adrian Gonzalez. And then they did because like that was a, a that was a thing like fans wanted it. And then the Red Sox were like, oh, you want Adrian Gonzalez? Well, here he is for the next decade. Here we go. Trade well, done. Extension done. That doesn't that seem like like such a foreign concept right now that this like we could just start talking about Luis Robert, right? And then this winter, the Red Sox fucking trade for Luis Robert and then sign him to an 11 year extension. Doesn't that sound like such a far fetched thing? Yeah, it, it does because that's the but move why? we keep. Because that's why? the move it we keep talking. No, it shouldn't be. I think part of it is when we're talking like the Heim Bloom era, because you could say like the Chris Sale trade during the Dabrowski era gave you that, right? Like you were mm -hmm. able to get that similar blockbuster holy shit moment. Well, where the organization was when Bloom came in, they really weren't in the position to make those moves right away. I think the first time you can kind of say they had the ability to was going into 2022. That's when one of those moves should have happened. And they made it Trevor Story. But like, even if they signed Kevin Gosman, that wouldn't have been enough to you, right? Like, you wouldn't have got that feeling you're talking about. Um, Maybe I, if they signed both. I think it's a different... It's it, I don't know. It's different when you ask me that because I was very high on Gosman at the time. I don't know why. I just always had a bone. I was too. Uh, yeah, I'm like, right there with you. But like, I don't in think terms it's of the same... It's not the same crowd pop as Chris Sale. Like, I think everyone like had the holy shit reaction to Chris Sale. For me personally, I think I would have been very, very excited about Kevin Gosman. I don't... It doesn't have the same like mass appeal that Sale did. 
Yeah, and I think that's when you're talking blockbuster. Like, if you told me going into 2022, they got Story and Gosman within a week, and they were like, all right, here we fucking go. We're going way over the luxury tax after going to the ALCS the year before instead of fucking tiptoeing over it like they did and then doubling down. Disaster. And then we know going into this year, they knew they were never going to you know, push over those limits or really try to make that big move because they saw it as a bridge year. This year has been a bridge year from day one, and that's exactly how they've treated it. Well, now we're here again. And this is, you know, back to the discussion from last episode. Bloom, when are you going to put your nuts on the table and do the damn thing? Right. Yeah. Like you, you got to do it. And that's what it comes down to here. And I think when you talk about Devers, you know, going off that point there, where's that leadership that you kind of hope for that he steps up? Well, I guess when I look at Devers, it may be an unfair comparison. The Brian Bayo moment a week and a half ago where he went up to Chris Sale and he was like, hey, we got this. Like, I'm going to fucking do it. You're going to fucking do it. Let's fucking go. That guy's only been here since last year. You know, Rafi's been here since, you know, what? We're talking six years now. Wow. Like, or, you know, five years now, like Rafi. You would hope you'd have more six, kind six. of moments. Is it six? 2023? Yeah. So like, you know, you're talking, would you have those kind of moments? Are you ready to make that jump in? Some guys are ready for it. I think some guys aren't. And maybe you can kind of connect that to the David Ortiz conversation, right? Where Ortiz is like, oh, the only guy who ever reaches out to me is Bobby Delbeck. Like, that's the fucking guy who comes and calls me. Rafi, I'm not worried about you talking to Poppy about hitting. I know you can hit. But maybe from the leadership side, maybe from growing in that way, that's what can kind of get you there. Like, I don't know. I think that's the part of Devers game where maturity needs to happen. And that's why Justin Turner is here. That's why they prioritize him partially as heavy as they did. You hope he grows into that. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I don't look at that as a do or die thing. I think part of his personality is more of that mellow, laid back kind of personality type. And not everyone's that boom, boom leader. We saw when Mookie was the best player here, Xander was the guy, you know, and there were other people. There was JD and whoever. Some people got to play that role. Um, I give credit to Bayo because it seems like he's someone on the pitching side who's already taken that leap and has been ready to hold yeah. it down from that. I don't they've, know if we'll ever just, see Devers they've be never, that guy. They've never been able to replace what Pedroia brought to the table. At, at the end of the day, who like, could? That's, th right, like there's there's only one Dustin Pedroia, but even just someone of that same ilk that's going to be a vocal leader, being a lead by example guy, first guy there, out there taking grounders at noon. People aren't even showing up until four. Like if there's someone that's struggling, give them a rah-rah speech. Someone that's not doing what they're supposed to, give them a check. Like we haven't had that guy since Pedroia. And, and, no. and he hasn't been that guy since 2017 because he probably didn't feel like he could when he wasn't playing in 18. Uh, I think that that presence is missing. But back to the Gonzalez thing for a second. Uh, you kind of have to think outside the box on stuff like that. Because if you remember... The Red Sox already had a first baseman. They moved Kevin Euclid from first base to third base to accommodate Adrian Gonzalez. So when you're thinking of what could the Red Sox do in terms of making like this big splash trade, like, you know, they've got other positions locked up. It doesn't matter. Like if there is a premier talent out there and someone on the team plays their position, guess what, buddy? You play a new position now. <laughs> like that, that, and Kevin Euclid was an all star. Kevin Euclid was an all star gold glover, silver slugger winner. And he moved across the diamond to accommodate Adrian Gonzalez. It's just like, who would you move in that? Like, who do you look at on the team that you can say, like, Tristan Casas isn't moving, right? Rafael Devers, God help him. He's not fucking moving. 
Uh, up well, the I middle. believe third base was Uke's natural position anyway, right? Yeah, technically, right? But, you know, we're just talking moving back and forth from year to year. Like, there's nowhere else Devers is going to be able to play. Uh, Rafaela, like, sure, you can have the second base center field combo, but it'd be a disservice if he wasn't playing center field unless you found this fucking god out there. And we also know that's the whole Marcel Meyer side of things. And who knows if next year is even going to be the year he comes up. Obviously shut down. We got that news today. Uh, we'll touch on it later. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a major positional switch you can really talk about. Like Duran, he's not a right fielder. You pick your poison between center and left. I think they probably prefer him in left. Well, all right. What can you do between center and right field? And it depends on what they view in Rafaela and whether they trade him or not. If they say, fuck, we don't have time to wait for Sedan Rafaela, you know, to become a guy in two years or three years, because I do think that disconnects from people when, you know, Jaron Duran debuted in fucking 2021. Like, not every guy shows up and is ready to be the guy. There's going to be ups and downs. and Hardly Raphael, ever is that way. Yeah, and Rafael is the kind of profile that could have those ups and downs, especially early. Do they say, well, fuck it, we're going to make that deal and we need to find a guy who's ready to compete for our window? It's right now. Maybe that, maybe that happens. But, like, that's all the what-if game. But you need to be creative. Heim, if we look at the trades and the different moves he's made over the last couple of years, have you ever sat there and been like, that was a really creative move? Like, Big move, like in terms of like, oh, like, holy fuck, I didn't, that was super out of the box or super kind of wild. And no, I've yet to see that. And that's some of the stuff you see from Tampa Bay year after year. Well, nobody has. It's not like, it's not like there's interpretations of that, that some people see it and you just don't like, there's not even an example to point to where it's like that. Oh, maybe, maybe Heath Hembry and Brandon Workman for Nick Pavetta. That's it. Maybe. Right. That's it. that w- they were that's so it. done with Pavetta that at that point, they'd even want him in the fucking organization. They were like, just take him so we don't have to deal with this. You know, yeah. they wanted Connor Siebold. I mean, he's still so, here, is he not? I mean, that happened oh, in 2020. Pavetta's still here. He started tonight. Started tonight. Uh, so. Nick Pavetta, that trade is a win. Was again, it a franchise-altering move? No, it was not. But it's the kind of move where it you helps. find a piece with control that works for a while. You yeah. need those kind of moves, too. You do. You do. And I think, I, who was it that said, uh, was it Maz? There was someone that was like, he, he's great at doing the hard part. Like finding those complimentary pieces like a Nick Pavetta, giving up a Brandon Workman and a, and a Heath Embry to get a Nick Pavetta. Okay. Finds the Nuggets, John Schreiber, Garrett Whitlock, Brennan Bernardino. He's good for one each year in the bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. But where is the over-the-top move? Where is the Adrian Gonzalez trade? Where is the Pedro Martinez trade? Where is the... Manny Ramirez free agent signing. Where's all that shit? Because that's how the Red Sox won championships. And they, I'm not saying it's all about buying a title. Like that's, you know, that formula doesn't work anymore. Look at the Mets. Their over under was like, what, 97 and a half? They're going to win fucking 40 games. Look at the Padres. Like look around and you can fucking see too many examples. But that's where I don't look at this pass off season. I say, oh, where was the major move, Heim? Because I just think everything reshaped itself after Xander went out, after they stayed over the luxury tax and realized, fuck, dude, not only did we screw up our comp picks, we also screwed up what we're going to have to give up for these comp signings. Mm-hmm. It's 2022. And I guess the difference I would draw between the offseason going into 2022 and this year, you have the farm system. You have the farm system. You're under the luxury tax once again, like you chose to do in 2021. There's no excuse. You got to make the move in. That's it. Like, I I don't really think it's more complex than that. Like, you can continue to keep saying like, oh, well, he has to do it. Yeah, he has to fucking do it. 
that's a scary position to be in when everyone knows you have to do it because everyone knows you're going to have to be fucking desperate to make those moves. There's no wiggle room. There's no hiding it. Hi, no. if you're making moves this offseason, it's because your job's on the fucking line. Even if he gets a two-year extension or whatever it is, everyone knows, dog, they're looking at you. There's been conversations about potential other names. They are out there. Can you fucking do the job or not? Can you be that guy in Boston? Or are you more built for a small market where, you know, you don't ever make that super gigantic move? Yeah. You always just walk the line. Um, I have a question. For Yankee fans. But first, we're in the heat of the summer. It was 90 degrees out today. And you need a pair of great shades that don't have that you don't have to baby. Knock around sunglasses is the go-to for quality polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams for their official MLB collection, including the Red Sox and the Yankees. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great-looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks. Use the promo code ROCKET and that'll get you free shipping. Wow. Um, I'm starting to see all this stuff on X. Twitter. Huh? Um, Yankee fans are tweeting like they have a chance <laughs> at the wild card. Well, they it's not the wild card, and it's the same reason why every single night I don't look at the teams in the wild card who lost. So I'm looking at you one think, team. You think, do you think that Yankee fans, like right now I'm seeing, it's literally like it's a screenshot of the wild card standings, and this is a Yankee fan who tweeted it. They're not like, oh, like our season, like our World Series is passing the Red Sox in the standings. You think it's that? You don't think that it's it's because if it were that, then it would just be the Red Sox and the Yankees in the screenshot. This is the entire wild card standings. These dumb fucks think that they're making it to the wild card. They no, think they, they call don't. it up. Yes, they do. They are not yes, that they do. stupid. Tyler, I want Jared, Tyler, I, I swear to call them stupid. I, I do. Trust me. I'm going to I'm calling Hubs right now. Fucking call Hubs. He's going to tell you. I just want to fucking dick think, down and laugh. I think at the Hubs Red Sox. is going to be realistic. I don't even think that Hubs is stupid enough to 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 do this. But Jared, it's all about laughing at the Red Sox because they frame I don't it as think they that. they pop beers when Please we were in your New message York. For what the fuck is that, Hubs? That's fuck how he it. feels. But yeah, I, I, I mean, they they won. Like, what the fuck is he hiding from? I think what it is with the Yankees and when they post, he those just standings, said at U.S. Open. What do what you that? think? Is that tennis? The Yankees have a chance at the wild card. Let's see what he says. No, I think he's he's way more realistic. I, uh, but then again, I don't know. He's dumb, too. They're excited because they have a young core that's showing up down the stretch that gives them hope for their old man roster. I mean, you watch, they, haven't they won five straight? Yeah, when you watch Gene they have a winning Stan, record now. After, for as horrible, the nine-game losing streak, for as horrible as the New York Yankees were, they were like, you know what? Call up the kids. Can't be any worse than this. And this is what happened in 2016. They sold off Chapman... They sold off Andrew Miller and then they called up the kids, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Tyler Austin, and they started winning. And then that built the foundation for 2017 where they went to the American League Championship Series and they still to this day think that they got screwed out of it because the Astros were cheating. It's like, well, the Yankees were cheating too. 
Like they were also using the video room to look at to decode signs. Like they were. So I don't want to hear anything about, oh, the Astros kept the Yankees from the World Series. No, you fucking lost. Uh, Hub said, I'm not even considering it, considering it unless they sweep the rest of the week. And then I'll trick my dumb brain because Texas doesn't stop losing. All right. That's a fair take. That's even a little crazy for me, in my opinion. Well, I mean, the fact that he hasn't completely shut the book. I mean, like, so put it this way. The Red Sox are playing the Yankees for four games next week. It's going to be a sneaky big four games. You think so? I, Dude, <sighs> all the shit talking Red Sox Tyler, fans did. And Tyler, I was part Tyler, of it. Tyler, Tyler. What? What? The Yankees are behind you in the standings. And everyone By a game is, and a half. Everyone is acting like they have the advantage here. They're not good. They got momentum going. They have. They, they are have momentum. Happy. Okay, they have momentum. They're playing the fucking Detroit Tigers. Okay, they no suck. One's, no one's not. What they do to Houston? They swept and, Houston. And what did Houston do to us? They ended our fucking season. All they right. put us in the fucking bathroom and made us cry. That's what Houston did, Jared. So let's not go and They're party like Tigers. it's fucking nothing. They're playing yeah, the Tigers. They, Tigers suck. I, I'm not going to fight you on that. They have a but, negative 116 run differential. The Yankees have a run differential of wait for it zero. They are the, about as mid as it can get. This team is not making the playoffs. We're mid as well. Old takes exposed. You can put it on the internet. Like, I don't give a fuck. This team's no. not going anywhere. But it's the difference between the Red Sox finishing in last place once again. That yep. narrative continuing to be a thing people push. And care. it's part I of... Care. I don't care. Give me the better draft pick. I don't care. Personally, I, I can suffer. Case, I'd rather finish in fourth. The best case scenario is that the Red Sox finish in last and the Yankees pass you and still don't make the playoffs. That's no. the best case scenario. You get the better no. draft pick. You both... Yeah. Yep. You both die. One, Doesn't matter. A pick each way does not mean enough to me. I'd rather them show a step forward, not finish in last place, not have to listen to people say the Red Sox have finished in last place. Do you what? know 2020, you know, 2022, you know how, 2023. You know how pathetic it is to be like, well, at least we didn't finish in last. Like that's a win to you. When you have to sit in radio every day and listen to that, oh, the Red Sox have finished in last place three out of four times in Heim Bloom's tenure, especially when Red Sox fans including me, including everyone on this podcast, we're dancing on the Yankees' graves and laughing at them. If they show up and they beat you in that four-game series and just you end up falling through the floor and they easily pass you, that's a tough pill to swallow for Red Sox fans. That is. If they send you into last place and you end this season on kind of a negative note and it feels like, damn, like everything kind of fell apart in September, like, you finish like a, right at 81. You're in a lose lose situation. You're in a lose lose situation. I'm not like it doesn't mean on, a ton one way on. or the other. Hold on. I prefer the other. You're in a lose lose situation because either you say you lose three out of four to the Yankees next week and now you're in last place and you finish in last place. Well, now you're a last place team. You're a loser. Or you finish in fourth place above the New York Yankees and you're happy that you just finished ahead of the Yankees in a year that they had a shit year. It's like, who fucking cares? Like, I think both situations just as loser mentality. You, you're, we are losers. Like, that's where you stand. I think yeah, I just look that's at it. Why, that's why I don't, like, feel any type of way about either result. Like, you're either in the last place. Okay, cool. You get the better draft pick, whatever. Or you finish ahead of the Yankees. Woo! Like, my goal is to make the playoffs. Have a winning record. Make the playoffs. I don't give a fuck if we if we finish in fourth place out of a playoff spot and it's like oh but it was ahead of the yankees who fuck cares i don't i i I think it's more in terms of the sense that tells you they played really bad down the stretch in september 
And then what does it matter if you're out? That means something to me, because I think if you play really poorly down the stretch and, you know, you kind of put yourself where maybe you somehow fall below 500, it really goes off the rails here. That's a bad feeling going into an offseason where it was about taking a step forward, about being a bridge year where you just progress carries over. I think, I think it means something to finish though. the year on a decent note. If you fall through no, the it's floor, good. it's good. It's good. Like at least from like a, is this group, like, does this group have the the will to win or whatever the fuck? I don't know. Like, I think it's good. Like in the sense of 2015 that they finished strong, and then you finish in last place, but you win the division the next year. There's a lot of pieces from that team. It's like it's more like teaching the kids how to win. Like, there's plenty of. Elite talent that's never won anything. I think I think showing them how to win is in, while you have these guys, the Justin Turners, the Adam Duvalls, the guys that have been there, done that, won championships. Like, yeah, play hard. Be a professional. Just because we're not in it, just because the playoffs aren't in the cards this year, doesn't mean that you just, you know, coast through the remainder of the season. Work your ass off. Prove that you want the starting role. Prove that you want to be a winner. All that stuff is great. I'm just saying on the on the broader scope of things, I feel like a loser for being happy about or celebrating, oh, we finished ahead of the Yankees. Cool. You finished in fourth place and you didn't make it to the playoffs. Who fucking cares? That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a bad take. And like, I don't disagree with you from a big picture standpoint, but I think if you fall apart down the stretch here, this does not end on a good kind of note for them at the end of the year where you're continuing to be in these games. If you fell behind the Yankees, it means you had a really rough month of September. It means things did not play out the way you would hope. Just in terms of being competitive and being in these games, I think you want to show that this team could hold over that 162 and just be in the conversation to some degree. Not telling you three games, four games, but you didn't go off the rails like you did in 2022 where you win 78 games and you have this awful taste in your mouth. This this tweet literally just came across my timeline. After what we did in Houston, I honestly believe we could make some noise in the playoffs if by some miracle we got there. The AL is wide open this season. <laughs> who tweeted that? Johnny's Lasagna, who I love. He's a Yankee fan on Twitter. Good follow. Good dude. Great Yankee fan. But these Yankee fans right now, I'm telling you, they they won five straight games. They're, they're one game over 500, and they are a high off bath salts right now because Jason Dominguez got called up. He's been hyped up for four years now since he was like 17 years old. A lot of hype. Homered in his first game. Homered a second time in a sweep against Houston. And then in his first game in the Bronx, he hit another home run. Like they're feeling themselves right now. They think, oh, here we go. There's something magic in the air in the Bronx. And I mean... Honestly, you know what? I respect it. I'm happy for I'm happy for them. The fact that they're happy right now after the miserable year that they've had, I, it's almost like um like if you're if you're just like stranded on a, a deserted island for 6 months, you eventually just lose your fucking mind. Like I feel like that's the stage that the Yankee fans are in right now. Like they they've been losing so much for the entire year and so many bad things have happened to this team that they've reached their state of insane delusion. And that is, that's where they're at right now. Like they, they beat the Detroit Tigers and now they're talking about the playoffs in a year that it is September 6th and they're, 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 they're one game over 500. That's where they're at. 
and they are talking playoffs right now. They're in, they're literally there is what three and a half weeks to go in the season. They're in last place. They are in last place, and they are talking about the playoffs this year. That's where they're at. If that delusional ass team that what they're where they are where they gave up, they just punted, and they end up finishing in front of you. That's a bad feeling to me. That's a rough feeling to me. That's going to bother me a little bit. Mm. Team that abs- just gave up. And here you are still trying. It's the reason I'm watching Sedan Raphael on the fucking bench every day. Yeah, that needs to change. That needs to change. Be one thing uh, if they committed to that, right? Like if they just said, fuck it, we're going to play the young kids and that's where we're going from this point forward. All right. Now the conversation switches a little. Like, yeah. But you're playing hard. You're still trying to play to win. You're still saying you're in the conversation. And when I say in the conversation, loosely, very loosely. Um, But there's a difference between how people view the Yankees and the Red Sox. No one's even connected, you know, the Yankees in any kind of playoff conversation for weeks. At least the Red Sox, like, say what you will. People were like, oh, you know, if you pull off yesterday's win, you kind of are back in the conversation a little bit. That's just the tough part for me. Well, they also didn't lose any ground tonight, right? uh, The Red Sox? Yeah. No, they did. The Yankees won. No, I don't give a fuck about the Yankees. I'm talking about the blue. The, their fucking Yankees are behind us. I'm yes, about by the, a game and a half. One of the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays. Four yes, and a half, the right? Blue Jays. Correct. Blue Jays lost? I believe so. You you, you need to sack up, Tyler. The fact Five, that you're two. afraid of the fucking New York Yankees right no, now. No, it, I'm not afraid I of them, said, but like. I just said they didn't lose any ground, and you're talking about the fucking team behind them. That's the team I'm looking at because I want to finish in front of them. Because I want to finish in front of them. But they're behind me, and you got four against them next week. That they've won one fucking game against the Red Sox this year. Yep. Yep. That's the team that you're afraid of. The big bad Yankees are coming to town for four games, and you don't see that as an opportunity to step on their throat. You see it as the big bad bear is coming to town, and that's your problem. You you uh, you're being a pussy right now. And I need I you just to look at the up. 2023 Red Sox, I and I never trust them to show up, up. Tyler. I know I'm going to get a different version one of them. Fucking game to the Yankees, and you're like, oh, oh my god, the Yankees are coming to town. Right? I don't know what to do. I'm too scared. I'm too scared of the last punch Yankees. Not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. I won't I'll, have it. I won't have it. All I'm saying. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jake, are you scared? Are you afraid of the fucking New York Yankees? Fuck Jake. I want to say this. All I'm telling you is when you were last there, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Jake, are you afraid of the New York Yankees? Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit, Tyler. Oh, oh, the Yankees, they're only a game and a half back of us, Jerry. What are we going to do? Oh, no. They're beating the Detroit Tigers, Jerry. You sound like courage. That's what you sound like. It's all embarrassing. I'm say- all I'm saying is, you, you gonna let me say it? Go ahead. All I'm saying is, they have a reason to come in and fucking want to piss all over you and do what you did to them. That's what their whole reasoning is here, where they could say, ha ha, you laughed at us. You know, they want to frame it like they were celebrating because they beat the Yankees. It was really Ramon Vasquez. We know that. But they want to act like, oh, the Red Sox, look at them. They were throwing a fucking party when they kind of knocked us out. Well, guess what? We're going to go kick you into fucking last place. We're going to go spit on you and leave this taste for the rest of the season. And they have good times going. Everything's kind of going their way right now. I just want to finish in front of them. I want to be ahead of the Yankees at the end of the year. For a team that I've laughed at and shit on as much as I have, please. Okay. 
I want the Red Sox to finish. Just stay the course. Finish in a good spot. I don't want them falling off the finish rails strong. in the final weeks. Finish, finish strong. strong. Finish solid. Just don't fucking fall apart. The the motto, the motto of the 2023 Boston Red Sox for the month of September as we finish this thing out. Die with dignity. That's, That's it. That's it. Hashtag die with dignity. I don't, they're not making the playoffs, but don't embarrass yourselves. Die with dignity. That's it. That's all I want to do. And they can do that. It'd be embarrassing to finish in last place with the way the Yankees have gone this year. I agree. The way you beat on them right now, they're playing. You should show up and fucking beat the fuck out of them next week. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you are, you are a Kenley Jansen save away from having a completely different tone. You are. If Kenley just converts that save on Tuesday, I don't think that you're pissing your little fucking diapers over there over the New York Yankees. You're just not. You'd be be riding pretty high taking two out of three against the Tampa Bay Rays at the trop. And, you know, obviously you're going into a very tough series against the Baltimore Orioles. That could go south pretty quick this weekend. Could go I know very, we're going to get into some quickly. of the pitching matchups, but like they're much better than you are. They're a first place team. Um, their lineup is very, very good. But you know, I think that this team has proven all year that it's you, there's no such thing as momentum with the 2023 Red Sox. Like they can lose, like they can have all, they can sweep the Yankees in the Bronx and then shit their pants immediately after. They can lose two out of three to the lowly o- Oakland A's and then win the next five straight. There is no such thing as momentum in their brains. There's not. So let's just say, God forbid, they get swept by the Orioles this weekend. In what world is it not possible for the Red Sox to just sweep the, the Yankees at Fenway in four straight? That would be the most 2023 Red Sox thing ever. But it would also be so 2023 Red Sox to beat up on the Yankees all year like they did the Blue Jays. And then you go and they beat the fuck out of you. They did that with the Blue Jays. We all sat here and talked 7-0 and against the Blue Jays. 7-0. and Look what you did. I'm not scared of Toronto. What the fuck are they going to do against us? Then they came and they pissed in your mouth. And they yeah. arguably, what did you say? What what was that moment? That first, you know, Toronto series after the trade deadline? That was the ship hitting the iceberg. That's all I'm saying. Like, your fault, by the way. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. That's oh, how I feel. That is how I feel. But that's oh, it. Fucking spare me. Oh, Shut up. Spare me. Dude, it wasn't me being there. Oh, I love the Titanic. Oh, oh, I love a big oh, the boat. Yankees. Oh, look at the oh, boat. This is, this is literally Tyler. This is Tyler right now. This is what this is what Tyler sounds like. That that's literally Tyler. Shut up. That is. Up. It is. That's you. Oh, here's a cut from his favorite player. Oh, does this excite you, Tyler? Yeah. It's a judgy and blast. Does that get you hard? A little bit. The judge. Oh, here comes the judge. Are you gonna be Aaron Judge for Halloween? When have I become a Yankees fan? I don't know. In the last 20 minutes, it sounds like. No, all all I said was I'm paying more attention to the Yankees behind us than I am the teams in front of us. Yeah, it sounds like you're paying rent free, dude. Hashtag rent free. Rent free, bro. That if I'm telling you, you always bitch about how Yankees fans are in your mentions and what they give uh, to you. Yankee fans love me this year. You've been better. The judgy stuff helps. Um, Well, I think it's just because they (laughs) they also suck. 
Yeah, like when the Yankees are horrible and I'm shitting on them, they they agree. <laughs> They're like, this guy, this guy's making a lot of sense. I just, if they show up in New York and they get their teeth kicked in, they're going to dance on our graves like we danced on there. It's in Boston. Huh? No, I just mean like them playing. Like it, if they show up and they fucking just give it to you, they're going to dance on our graves like we danced on their graves. <sighs> Let it happen. I don't give a fuck. If you want tickets to that series, if you want tickets to see the four-game sweep of the New York Yankees at Fenway next week, boy, do I have the promo code for you. And it's all via the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing about all the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. If you want to go see... The Boston Red Sox sweep the New York Yankees next week. Listen up. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive for the sweep. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you are set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Download the GameTime app. Create an account. Use the promo code REDACTED for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account. Use the promo code REDACTED for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, and a sweep guaranteed. (laughs) What? What, dude? Bad energy. That this, Jake. I can't fucking win, man. Like one day I'm too negative, the next day I'm too positive. It's so bad that how positive I am. We just got to be even keeled. No, <laughs> I just I don't know. No, I don't have it in me to be even keeled. I'm just someone has to be the voice of reason here. Is gonna be me. And it's also Jake, too, because I think that he agrees that you're being a huge pussy about this. I'm not being a huge pussy. I'm just recognizing something that I think I would prefer not to happen. Okay. Yeah. You also know that, like, you're just, you're putting that energy into the universe. Like, the more you say, I wish it doesn't happen. I wish it won't happen. I wish it won't happen. Like, that's when that stuff happens. You got to be like me. You got to be like me and say, oh, Fuck them. If they want to come in here with their high energy and their rinky-dink prospects, well, guess what? You're going to get swept again, just like last time. That's the energy that you need to have. That's that's what your mindset should be. It's about I think positive I, energy. I think I have a little bit of that, but I'm offering respect you have at the same time. None of that. Uh, I, I have a little bit. I, I, I'm not like looking at you them like they're, been, oh my God, they're the greatest team ever. a scared little puppy just piddling on your little piss pad the whole show. Shut you're up. afraid you're you are you're afraid of the Yankees. I, I'm paying attention because I realize if that becomes oh, reality, yeah. that'd be not oh, a fun. They beat the I don't want to swallow that pill. What about the Astros? They suck too, dude. Dude, <laughs> this is the problem. They they uh, legit embarrassed us to a level where we had to sit back. You well, came on the podcast. You didn't we're talk a for a fucking hour and a half, Jerry. I was, I was tired. That's I what the Astros did to you. Headache. I was tired and I oh, had a headache. Oh, my little head hurt. Oh. My head did hurt. I had a really bad headache. Jake, Jake, how many fucking, how many shows was did I do that day? 
I think that was a six. That you was want a six fucking show, cookie? Was... No, I. You know what? I would love a cookie. I would love a cookie. Uh, of course you would. You calling me fat? No. What, what do you mean by that? Then? You just look like you enjoy cookies. I I do. I love cookies. Yeah, big cookie guy. I love cookies. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Do you have, by the way, people are really up in arms about the pricing of the moat. Yeah. First off, people agreed with me, which tells you uh, yeah. that's how wrong you were. Well, no, I think it was just more on your spectrum. Like it's it's definitely not a million dollars, but it's definitely more than 50,000 or whatever I said. I spoke with Pat. I reached out um, business in the Pat? last couple of days. Yes. Business Pat. Okay. Um, just asking what he knew about moats. He didn't say anything immediately. So I am waiting on. I don't know if it's an estimate, if he needs to reach out to his moat guy. Um, but clearly, I did, this I did is see someone lot. made a shirt that said uh, moat money or something like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> a complex thing here. We're not talking little shit. The, the moat is a, a it's an art form for a lot of people. People appreciated the distraction of. Uh, of the moat talk. Where is this shirt? Mm. <laughs> moat money mo problems <laughs> it also part of the price i was thinking about this you get just caught in the infrastructure right mm-hmm. like building the moat getting the shovel in um all that different stuff what are you going to put in the moat you know how expensive fish are i didn't say anything about fish i don't want well that's a good moat. moat a good moat has no, those protectors no 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 moat has fish dude they have alligators. Oh, sure. Yeah, that could work. There, that's a fish. Lizard fish. Did you just... <laughs> Did you just call an alligator a fish? Is that a lizard did? fish, yeah. A lizard fish. Yeah, they're in the water. Okay. That's wrong, but... <laughs> Sneaky, not scary. I, I think I'd fuck up a gator. Uh, there's a big difference between alligators and crocodiles, I believe. What's um, the difference? I want to say, I want to say, like, uh, alligators are kind of like pussies, and crocodiles will just fuck your shit up. Like, if you see a crocodile and you like punch it in the nose, it'll just eat your arm off and probably eat you alive. But an alligator. I think if you like run at it or like punch it, it it gets scared and it'll just run away. Don't quote me on that. If you live in Florida and you like see one of these things and you're just like, damn, I took some life advice from Jared and now I don't have an arm. Um, that I'll happened do to that research. dude was pissing. What? 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 You didn't hear that story? There was a man. He was at uh-huh. a bar. Went yeah. to go take a piss by the water because I guess, you know, he, the bathroom was closed or whatever. Okay. Gator pulled up and ate his fucking arm. Mid piss. Was it a gator or was it a croc? I don't know. Uh, There's a big sure. difference. There's a big difference. I, I will look into it because I don't want to speak on something that I'm not 100% sure on. But I believe the alligator is an animal that if you find yourself in a, in a confrontation with, like you stand a chance. Like a bear? No. Uh, a tiger? No. Ooh. Leopard, jaguar, like any type of like jungle cat, you're done. Um, but like you do stand a chance. I believe it's against an alligator versus a crocodile crocodile. You're probably fucked, but all right. I got bad news. The guy who lost his arm was to an alligator. Well, he was drunk. He probably didn't defend himself. That's true. I'm not going to disagree. You seem pretty experienced with this stuff. I, I watch a lot of TikToks. 
I want to go to a safari. Like, you know, like those places in Africa where they just drive you around and like you're in the fucking wild. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Hippos, I think, are very, very dangerous as well. I've seen them eat watermelons, actually. Yeah, well, they eat people, too, if you no. don't if you're not careful. Well, everyone knows watermelons are like the head of fruits, like the head of the fruit. Chain. And basically, at that point, like you see a fucking watermelon crack in. What do you think it looks like when they bite your head? And they'll pull you underwater. Yeah. 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 Rhinos don't play. They can uh, they can really hurt you bad. No, rhinos. Rhinos are sneaky, pathetic. What? They don't turn well. (laughs) Like uh, on a rotation basis. Okay. You got to think dirt road and you can't you can't turn. You kind of quick burst movements, but he has one center of attack and it's the horn. A rhino's not going to bite you. No, but he'll stomp on your fucking head. That's where your speed comes and in. And they're way faster than you think. Me? Like rhinos can, oh, yeah. Rhinos can run, I think, at like 35 miles an hour. But I don't feel like they turn well. What it's like a camper. What is the sprint speed of a rhino? Pull up the Savant page. 31 miles per hour. I was off by four. Sorry. Guess who can't run that fast? You. <laughs> you don't know that. No, I do. How to kill a rhino. Good luck, dude. You, you got to hack the horn off. Like, how are you going to do that? I'm just saying you versus a rhino doesn't end well. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Rhino would kill you so bad. Yeah, that, that might be a tough one. See, I have this thing as well where I think I could kill a bunch of giraffes, but I don't feel like I'd do well. Giraffes aren't really that angry, though. I don't like rhinos get aggressive. Rhinos are like one of the most like dangerous animals out there. People don't know that. I I just look at giraffes and like the blue tongue thing is like. Something's weird about that to me. Yeah, giraffes are chill. Fuck DJ Kitty. Yeah, I saw that tweet. You were pretty upset about DJ Kitty. What? First off, DJ Kitty. Do you know where DJ Kitty comes from? Um, not off the top of my head, but I feel like if you start talking, I'd be like, yeah, I know what you're saying. In a dumpster. Why? It, legit DJ Kitty sleeps in the fucking dumpster at Tropicana. It sleeps in a dumpster? Yeah. If you look at its Wikipedia page, it legit says it belongs out by the dumpster. Mm. Secondly. Dumpster cat. Yeah. Dumpster cat. Fuck that cat. Yeah. Thirdly. It's everywhere. You ever like I've never seen a mascot be everywhere. You don't see Wally during the fucking games that much at Fenway. Oh, maybe once in a while. Wally's walking over here. He's playing around. DJ Kitty's fucking everywhere. Whenever they flash the camera, DJ Kitty's fucking dancing and he's partying and he's playing with his little fucking chain. Why do I need to say DJ Kitty the moment Brandon Lau walks off the Red Sox? Why? Immediately? You can't show me the players? I'm watching DJ Kitty fucking troll me. Why? Why is DJ Kitty more popular than any player on their team? Did you? Does I mean, does DJ Kitty have a Twitter account? I don't know. Well, you should know. I feel like you're talking a lot of shit. I'm making a lot of threats. Like blooper blooper has a Twitter account. Like DJ Kitty's got to have one. Listen, all I know is DJ Kitty. If you're fucking listening to this, I don't fuck with you. Keep your distance. I have a history. (laughs) Look it up. Is that a threat? It's a promise. Mm. Fuck with me. Wow. DJ Kitty just got put on notice. Are you a DJ Kitty fan? 
I'm indifferent. I don't have an opinion on DJ Kitty for for. I mean, I thought I thought it was cool that DJ Kitty caught a foul ball in the series. Once again, why, why, why is DJ Kitty catching shit? Sit the fuck down. Like you're supposed to be playing with kids. Why are you playing? Put them on the field then. Is that where the Rays are at? Like DJ Kitty is the best part of the Rays organization. Is that why people show up? Who gives a fuck if he caught a ball? <laughs> There's going to be a psychological study on why innocent animals make Tyler so angry. But see, DJ Kitty isn't fucking innocent. He knows what he's doing. Look at I just pulled up his Twitter page. He's flexing on me and I'm looking at it. What happened to I Bullet? No. He died. Mm. Look at this. I play the hits. I watch the hits. And I'm the coolest DJ you know. Hashtag Kitty Swag. What, Kitty what's, Swag? What's DJ Kitty's Twitter account? Raise DJ Kitty. <laughs> what the fuck is Kitty Swag? DJ Kitty's bio is, yo, I'm DJ Kitty, the Tampa Bay Rays official DJ. I play the hits, I watch the hits, and I'm the coolest DJ you know. So he's not, like, because I thought Raymond was the mascot. DJ Kitty is the DJ. He's not the mascot, right? Isn't Raymond the mascot? Is Raymond still around? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Raymond right now. So I'm Raymond, the once Rays again, biggest fan and the mascot for the Tampa Bay Rays. What does DJ Kitty even fucking do? They already have a mascot. DJ. So, oh, where's what so is this like Tessie? Yeah. So the fucking Raymond's fucking DJ Kitty. That's why I gotta look at DJ Kitty. I guess, yeah. I don't know. I don't know I the extent of their relationship, but I can't do this, man. DJ Kitty, I, I, I mean, all I'm telling you, Wally would fucking rip that kitten to shreds. He'd eat that motherfucker. He'd beat the fuck out of him. Wally would hit more homers. He'd hit for a higher batting average. He'd win more World Series. DJ Kitty will never be fucking Wally. That's facts, King. Tell him. I feel lightheaded. <sighs> All right. Uh... Yeah. Red Sox lottery here. I said I wanted this episode to be an hour. I think we're at an hour and a half. Um, random, random number generator. Okay. Red Sox lottery. 29. 29. That is... Alex Gonzalez. We almost got Adrian Gonzalez. I would have been like, yeah, we already did that earlier. <laughs> Alex Gonzalez. Um, okay. Had a ton of his baseball cards growing up. I mean, Alex Gonzalez. I mean, there's not like a ton that I can say about Alex Gonzalez outside. I know that he played here in 2006. Did he have two stints? 2009. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. He came back in 2009. Interesting. 2006. I want to say he broke Rico Petroselli's record team record for like best fielding percentage by a Red Sox shortstop that sticks out in my mind. Uh, he hit 255 that year with a 299 on base and a 397 slug. That's a 695 OPS, which is horrendous, but he was just an outstanding uh, defensive shortstop. 
doesn't get enough credit for maybe the best offensive season by a Red Sox shortstop of all time. If you want to go by fielding percentage, that's before we had outs above average. I want to say, I almost know this for a fact. In 2006, when Pedro Martinez came back with the Mets, his first time pitching with the Mets at Fenway Park, I believe Alex Gonzalez hit a bomb off of him uh, into the monster seats in that game. Pretty sure. I've, I've saw it that night. But like if you if you YouTube Alex Gonzalez, Pedro Martinez, nothing comes up. No, I'm legit. I'm looking everywhere just to get a highlight of him in a Red Sox uniform. Yeah, dude, they played two seasons there. I, I've I've never seen that clip. <laughs> I've never seen that clip again, but I'm pretty sure that in Pedro Martinez's return to Fenway Park for the first time since leaving in 2005. Uh, Alex Gonzalez, who only hit nine home runs, hit one off Pedro Martinez, who I think later admitted. I can't remember if it was an interview with me or someone else, but I know it was in an interview. He said he was hurt, but he didn't want to not pitch because he was coming back to Fenway. Like if he was pitching anywhere else, he just would have skipped his start or went on the injured list. But he felt like he owed it to Red Sox fans to pitch in that series. So he did. And he, it was horrible. He gave up like a fuck ton of runs in that start. All I'm getting every time I type in Alice Gonzalez is random highlights of Marwin Gonzalez. And I'd prefer if that did not. Yeah, not the same guy. Not the same guy, unfortunately. Um, I'm assuming you don't have any memories of Alex Gonzalez. I'm I'm trying to think of one. 2006 and 09. Uh, I don't know if there's. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything that sticks out to me. Like, do you remember anything else from his time here? No. Any big I, moments no. off the field? Nope. Just, uh, <laughs> That's it. I don't remember him in 2009 at all. Like, I remember was, I remember the the fielding percentage thing in 2006. And then I remember the home run off Pedro and his return. Uh, it, like, I knew that there was two stints, but I don't remember a fucking thing about him in 2009 not a thing sneaky very good when he came back in 2009 as well yeah that's what happens played 44 games 284 316 453 769 five homers in 44 games yeah you'll take that sure sure Stop a chop look ahead brought to you by Stop a chop head on down to Stop a chop use the promo code section 10 to get 10 cents off each one of your tangerines when you buy at least five pounds of tangerines It is the Red Sox versus the Orioles this weekend Tanner Houck versus Cole Irvin Chris Sale versus Kyle Bradish and Brian Bale versus Jack Flaherty um, I mean oh God uh, we can just run through it really quick what's wrong I mean, it's just like a bunch of nah. Like Cole Irvin, he's got a 4.91 ERA. Uh, Kyle Bradish, he's got a 3.03. Fine, whatever. 111 whip, pretty good. 8.8 strikeouts per nine. Um, he's having a good year. And then Jack Flaherty has a 4.84 with a 154 whip and a 10.7 strikeouts per nine. And in five starts since being traded to Baltimore. He has a 666 ERA, a 503 FIP, and 828 opponents OPS. So, I that's that's a win. Ooh. I have a different set in front of me for the Red Sox pitching probables. What do you got? I got uh, Kyle Bradish versus Houck on Friday. 
Jack okay. Flaherty versus Sale on uh, Saturday. Yep. And then Grayson Rodriguez and Brian Bayo on Sunday. Oh, okay. Mm, let me get that in front of me. I actually, yeah, I kind of like the last two of those games. I don't love the Tanner Houck one. Who knows? You get the right Tanner Houck that day. Chris Sale versus Jack Flaherty. Uh, actually, the That's way the Orioles treated Chris Sale, though, the Orioles yeah, they fucking the fuck teed off on him. Yeah, I got, I got, I got one out of three. I think they lose the first two. I think they. I think they salvaged the series on Sunday. Kyle Bradish versus Tanner Houck, Jack Flaherty versus Chris Sale, Grayson Rodriguez versus Brian Bayo. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's probably a one out of three for the Red Sox, and they salvaged the series on Sunday. I don't want to agree with you because I want something different to happen. But that's fine. I do you feel the speak, same. Listen to your heart. Yeah, uh, I'm rating that one for three as well. Um, same order. I definitely, I don't think Chris Sale wins that start. Thinking back to the way the Orioles fucking sat on everything he was throwing those first couple starts, miserable. I don't. Red Sox are three and three against the Orioles this year, and they have a plus one run differential. They've scored forty one runs and given up forty. Will said it on the uh, broadcast tonight. He was like, "People forget, like you took two out of three from the Orioles to start the season, and still Mm -hmm. even opening day, right? Like that fucking game was so crazy, and you still almost came back in that game." I'll take, yeah, I'm going to go one out of three. I think it's a toss-up between the Bayo and Houck start, but I'd probably lean Bayo as well. I think I'm in the same boat as you. Jake, what do you got? Uh, give me a Red Sox sweep. Okay. Yeah, you can have one if you'd like. It's <laughs> a good pick. My uh, Like a Pro episode on Nesson 360 with the Savannah Bananas comes out on Friday. I saw, <laughs> I saw Will... Had to do the promo for that on the broadcast. And I'm assuming I haven't been asked. I'm assuming that if a new episode is coming out, that I'm going to have to go in the booth soon to promote it. God help us. I don't know if that means the booth this weekend. I'm only going to be there on Friday. Maybe next week, maybe maybe the Yankee series, because I will be there on Tuesday. Uh, I believe I'm going to be doing something with Michael K. I can see it now. What, going in the booth against the Yankees and they give up like six runs? Yep. I hope that's not the case. But it this is going to be your last appearance most likely of the year, nope. right? Nope, nope, oh. nope, nope. Because I have, after the Savannah Bananas episode, that's where I have the old-time baseball game episode where I hit a fucking rocket back up the middle. So there's another episode. So there's two more booth appearances, potentially. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to be in the booth to promote the episodes. I don't know. Sometimes it's just a pregame show. Don't know. This is your Corey Kluber moment where, hey, you can go out on a nice note here. Yeah. No one wants to remember everything that happened where you got your dick kicked in so badly you were booed and publicly shamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have a chance to come back and maybe finish the season on a note where we don't throw up when we think of you. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, Jake's takes? I'm glad that uh, it actually was perfect timing that today was the first non-sponsored Red Sox lottery because we basically were just like, yeah, we don't remember a fucking thing about that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad yes. for Alex Gonzalez. <laughs> I mean, uh, Alex Gonzalez would probably sit there and tell you, like, yeah, I had the best fielding percentages of shortstop in 2006. I hit that home run off Pedro, and outside of that, I didn't really do dick. It's true. Shout out you, Alex Gonzalez. Uh, Shout out Alex Gonzalez. You. Yeah, he did his job. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page right now. 
Yeah, give me a random fact about Alex Gonzalez. Uh, when he signed here in 06, he signed yep. for $3 million, mm-hmm. plugging the hole of Edgar Renteria to the Braves. Yep. Um, that's all they have. For Andy Marte? Um, yes. And <laughs> secondly, Gonzalez's signing with the Sox marked the second time he had replaced Renteria as the shortstop. Wow. Replaced so, him in uh, Miami. Had just left the Marlins for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. Boom. Second stint. Uh, he was traded for single A shortstop. Chris, I'm, I'm not going to try to say that last name. That's a bad, bad word. Okay. <laughs> uh, if I show you the word, you would agree. Okay. Well. Long live Alex Gonzalez. Hashtag thank you for the memories. Um, all right. Well, I feel like that, yeah, this is a good episode for a, for a series that the Red Sox lost in the season's over. That was, that was pretty positive outside of Tyler pissing and moaning and crying about the New York Yankees. I wasn't crying. Yeah, I was just saying crying. I'm paying yeah, attention you were to crying. them. You were crying. You were crying. Citrus Hills. Fuck this. Okay, Ted. Um, all right. We'll be back on Sunday. To What? You have something you want to say? Fuck DJ Kitty. <laughs> fuck anyone who fucks with DJ Kitty. I don't fuck with y'all. All right. We'll see you on Sunday. Goodbye. Buenas noches, amigos.